Hello, church and ministry leaders. Welcome to the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we provide support for church and ministry leaders. We are your hosts, Becky and Carrie Holton. And today we are reviewing the latest unstuck church report on benchmarks and trends in the U.S. churches. That's right, babe. Every quarter, the Unstuck Church, a church consultation group, compiles data that gives them a glimpse of trends in some U.S. churches. We get this report and always enjoy reading it. Mm -hmm, We do. And this time, 119 churches completed the full assessment in this quarter's report. And it measured what has happened in those churches in the last year, which would be from May 2021 to April 2022. The average in-person attendance of churches that participated in in this report was 498 people, and those same churches also had 565 views every week through their online services or messages. The churches ranged in size from under 100 to more than 4,500 people. You know, one thing you just said that really fascinated me was that the average a number of views in those churches was 565 views every week. Views to their online Uh services or messages. That's a lot. You know, I think it goes back where we talk about that our websites are our front door. Yeah, If we had 565 people walk in our front doors just to look around, we'd be ecstatic. But we do. We have those many people looking around. Yeah. And back to that report. Uh, Most of the churches... Who, who participated in that survey are connected to a religious denomination in America, but this was fascinating to me too. More than one-third of the churches that participated indicated they were non-denominational churches. Hmm. Well, in this podcast, we want to talk about some of the key takeaways for us from this report. We trust there are things in this report that speak to church leaders who listen to this podcast. That would be you. Some of our listeners may wonder what value the statistics from this report have for them. But we think at the very least, these statistics can serve as somewhat of a benchmark. Mm -hmm. We think it will help them to get an idea of what other churches are doing and how they are faring. Mm -hmm. So let's get right into it. What's the first statistic we want to share, hon? Okay, the first statistic that meant something to us was that uh, this survey showed 119 churches showed that in-person average weekly attendance had declined 28% over the previous 12 months. And this is in line, really, with what we have found in our experience, that 25 to 30% of a church's members have not yet returned post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. It may be somewhat comforting to know that this decline is true of churches across the board, Or maybe not so much. You know, every church leader we know is still very concerned about that 25 to 30 percent of the membership who has not returned to the in-person Sunday assemblies. Right, right. And also, the decline in attendance is no longer being offset by an increase in online service views. Mm -hmm. Here's the statistic from the survey. The average number of online service views, and that would be one minute or more, people who view online for one minute or more, the average number of those views per week has gone down more than 15% from the year before. Now, this does not mean that churches should discontinue 
the online streaming of their services. We certainly don't recommend that. Absolutely not. No. But it is interesting that both average in-person attendance and online service views have declined. I think that may be telling another story that may unfold later. Uh, But another uh, interesting statistic from this report is that children's ministry in-person attendance is down to 16% of overall attendance. This includes all children from newborn through fifth grade, I believe it was. The year-over-year decline in children's ministry attendance was 27%. And one of the reasons this figure is so important is that studies show that churches that are growing have an average of 20 to 25 percent children's in-person attendance to the overall attendance. That is, growing churches have one child in attendance for every four to five adults. And what that means, of course, is that growing churches have many young families, families with children aged newborn to grade five. But again, in the 119 churches surveyed, their children's ministry in-person attendance was down to 16% of overall attendance. So what do you make of that? What are your thoughts? Well, that's another interesting statistic, isn't Mm -hmm. it? It's fascinating. You know, we would encourage church leaders to focus their efforts on reaching young families. At Mm -hmm. least that should be one of the efforts that they focus upon. Uh, They should be asking, what can we do? to reach out to families with young children. You know, another thing we have found is that churches who focus their outreach on young families also attract older families. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. And I was interested to read of one church who really focused on reaching the 25 to 35-year-old families with children who are not familiar with faith or with church. And you know what they did? They decided to terminate every program that did not speak to or appeal to this group, what they identified as their mission field. And so they asked these questions. Does this program make sense to our mission field? Another question was, what's in it for them? You talk about brave and bold. That's that's impressive. A good way to prune your programs is to ask those questions. Well, you find your mission field first, and then you tailor make it. Right. Well, you know... We may not like it, but let's just acknowledge that we do live in a consumeristic culture. Mm -hmm, We do. Now, we would hope that Christians would become more unselfish like Jesus as they mature in faith. But can we expect unbelievers to be attracted to the Christian life if there is nothing in it for them? I don't don't think so. Well, we can't expect them to think maturely before they know Jesus. Right. Right. Well, we are getting off topic here, but it's your fault. Yeah, as it usually is. Are you kidding? It's always me. I think we should state here that there is a difference between self-interest and self-centeredness. Ooh, I like that. You're welcome. (laughs) Don't we all come to Christ out of Mm self-interest? Sure we do. We are looking for help for ourselves and for our families. And, of course, we have spiritual needs that we sooner or later realize that only a Savior and the church can fulfill. Right. I mean, we need, when we recognize we need something to help us, that's a good thing. And that's a big difference in sitting on the pew going, this is all about me. Take care of me. And you can call that a consumerism or you can call it self-interest, but it's just the way it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think self-centeredness is certainly consumerism, but the other one is not. That's a cry for help. Good job out of you. You're welcome. So back to our point, church leaders. I think you would be well advised to think about what you can do to meet the needs of young families with children. 
I just think that's important. I agree. And here's another statistic that we thought was of interest. The number of new people who were added to the church's database increased 22% over the last 12 months. Well, first of all, it would be the church's database, not their database. You said that wrong earlier. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honey, what interests me in that statement you just read is that churches actually keep a database and a database too (laughs) they keep a database of those who make contact with the church i wonder how many of the churches we know keep a database of those who make contact with their Mm -hmm. church isn't that interesting growing in healthy churches they try to keep track of their guests and those who engage the church's website they're showing an interest in them number one it's not build it and they'll come it's how can we help you? Showing a real concern for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. I love that. And also related to that, churches are increasing their use of email to stay connected with their people. That's what the report oh, said. Yeah, email Because we, we've been told email's old school. Well, we have, but it's still a very effective mm-hmm. way of reaching people. Mm-hmm. Here's what this report found. The number of people currently opted in to receive email communications, that would be newsletters, content email lists, and the like, That number increased by 36% from the previous year. So doesn't that tell us? Yeah, that's significant. Doesn't that, it is. Doesn't that tell us that people are willing to receive communications from the church by email? Now, they have the option to opt in. I mean, they, they they have to volunteer that. The church just doesn't. Send them an email against their wishes, you understand. But, but I think it's 36% said send us, send us an email. I, I like that. You know, we might ask our listeners just here if they are using emails effectively. What we have found is that this is certainly a great way to connect with church members and outsiders. Mm-hmm. And here's another interesting statistic from the report. Staffing levels remain high compared to attendance declines. The average church that participated in the survey employs one full-time equivalent staff person for every 34 people in attendance. This number includes all ministry and support staff, and we know from previous research that declining churches usually always have significantly bigger staff teams than growing churches. The last time the Unstuck group collected data data on this metric, declining churches employed 56% more full-time equivalent employees than growing churches. Isn't that fascinating? You know, that is a fascinating statistic, mm-hmm. that growing churches have fewer staff. Well, I think that seems to say that growing churches tend to rely more on volunteer engagement than hiring staff. Well, mm. at least hiring too many staff anyway. Good, good. I think that's a good insight. Mm-hmm. And regarding ministry finances. Okay, here we go. Giving to churches was flat. During the last year, that's what the report concluded. Churches reported on average that their total general fund giving was down less than a percent from the previous year. But at the same time, the total number of giving units declined by 9% year over year. What that means is in the last 12 months, the number of people who were giving to a church declined and others in the church took up much of the slack. That is really interesting, really interesting. And also the average staff budget of those who participated in this survey was 56% of the overall ministry budget. This includes the cost of salaries and benefits. And our recommendation based on research that we have done indicates that churches might try to keep staffing budgets between 45 
and 55% at the very most of the overall budget. Good. Well, you know, this is not news to our listeners, I'm sure, but but churches need to be intentional and patient when it comes to hiring. Mm Mm-hmm. One reason that you want to be slow to hire is so that you don't discourage volunteer engagement, as you said. You want to hire a leader of leaders Mm. rather than someone to do all the ministry themselves. Well said. Well, isn't that Ephesians 4, Mm -hmm. where leaders are to train others for ministry instead of doing all the ministry themselves? I think there's a fine line there. You do want to create lots of opportunities for volunteer and volunteerism and people to have buy-in, but there's a line that you can cross where you're going to burn people out because you're just heaping too much on them and you need some staff. True. So I think there's a fine line there, but we do tend, I think, to hire people instead of engage people uh, more often than not. And here's another interesting stat from those 119 churches. The average church has the equivalent of 25 weeks of cash reserves. That number is well beyond what the unstuck group recommends. They recommend six to eight weeks of cash reserve. That just stunned me when I first read that. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And you know, that sounds like a lot of churches are saving their contributions and are slow to spend them. They're saving half a year's worth. Yeah. And you know, that practice, uh, that would raise a whole lot of questions, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really does. We understand, of course, you need to be wise and to be prudent, especially after a pandemic. But another way to look at that is this is no time for churches to grow their savings account. Speaking generally, of course, it's a time to dream and to plan for reaching those who don't know Jesus now more than ever. And that is going to require spending some money. True. You know, I've always said, I don't think we want to have big savings accounts when the Lord returns. I remember you saying that one time we were with a church years and years ago that had a massive savings account, and that was stressful to you. You were really afraid the Lord might return with that big savings account. That church had had over a million dollars in their savings account, and, of course, they were saving it for the construction of a new building. But I was always worried that the Lord would return when he had that money in the bank and weren't using it to his glory. Oh, my goodness, yes, yes. But anyway. Okay, well, interesting report, don't you think? Mm-hmm. We, we certainly hope church leaders uh, like you folks who are listening will find value in hearing some of the trends and the benchmarks that we've mentioned in this report. Anything else you want to add in closing, especially from that report? Well, sure. You know, uh, our plan is to take a break from our weekly podcast in the month of July. And then beginning in August, we want to devote a season of weekly podcasts to elders, to their role and to their relationship to ministry staff and to the church. So we want to say in closing that if any of you listeners have questions on this particular topic that you would like for us to address in August and September podcasts, we would really appreciate hearing from you. Yes, we really would. I think that's going to be a really helpful and encouraging series. Well, very good, hon. And with that, we'll say to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And let us know how we may serve you. We want to help you church and ministry leaders become better informed, more confident, and more effective in the very important work you're doing. So if you have questions that you would like for us to try to address, please don't hesitate to contact us at hello at effectivechurchleaders.com. Until next time, God bless you.